On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, it is a redo show. What do I mean by this? Is we will be redoing all the grades for Bill Zito this offseason now after acquiring Matthew Kachuk. And we're going to be redoing what the power play and the penalty kill will look like post-Kachuk trade. All on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, July 29th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Road. And we'll be covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, it has really, I mean, it's been almost a full week since the Panthers made the trade, the big trade, to get their big fish. A superstar for superstar swap. Got younger. And flexibility for the future of this team which is something to once again be excited about so this week on locked on panthers it's really been matthew kachuk week here because it's still somewhat fresh in our minds that this was a trade that bill zito actually made happen with my expectations being that it would be a hard trade to pull off and of course at this time last week i thought bill zito was mostly done with all the major moves as far as bringing people in from the outside to help this team that just won a president's trophy fell short of the conference final getting swept by their arch rival and it doesn't change let's be let's be on let's be honest though it doesn't change the fact that they're taking a slight step back based on the cap that does not change but what does change is youth and the defense so we have to do some we have to do some rearranging on also how we view this offseason because you know this the the narrative would of course look so different with Bill Zito just staying pat minor signings and then a year from now we're looking at Huberto and Uyghur looking to sign extensions and honestly if Huberto were still here I think that contract would have gotten done honestly but of course once again opportunity cost comes with getting a Matthew Kachuk 
on your franchise and had to give up two major pieces in order to get one major piece. So addition by subtraction when it comes to where the Panthers are. And we've heard different, I'm telling you, different types of people from all over the media, whether it's TSN, The Athletic, ESPN, you name it. Everyone has a different opinion on who actually won this trade. More often, more more times than not, I've seen people say that the Calgary Flames won the deal. I've, I've seen a little bit of people th- saying that the Panthers have won. But as far as what I've listened to, I've listened to more people say that the Flames have won the deal. And I don't necessarily understand if you haven't signed Uyghur and Huberto to extensions yet. So I think it's a little quick to say that they are on the winning end, even though Huberto might be the better player short term for this Panthers team if you're still here. So it's going to be growing pains for Huberto in Calgary. It's going to be growing pains for Kachuk here in Florida. But as far as how Zito did, because the offseason started with a letdown. No Claude Giroux and no Mason Marchment. Resign on your team. Both of them walk. At the time, I gave Bill Zito a C. At that time. I did. The trade? Oh, it changed that it changed that grade dramatically. Because this is about multiple years at a time and sustaining that success too. And the fact that the Panthers window is extended that grade is no longer a C <laughs> I can tell you that what the grade I will give Bill Zito for this offseason I would give him a B plus for how he did and why not an A there's still it, it's gonna still be a hard time being so close to the cap ceiling even with Duke's LTIR space subtracted they're still slightly over. They're going to have to make one more move in order to get it to the cap ceiling. But you know what? They have plenty of time. They have a whole training camp in order to figure that out. But as far as as in the middle of the season, when you need to bring in someone else outside of the organization, there's still the Patrick Hornquist contract on the on the table for the Panthers, too, with a really high cap hit. So that is why I'm not giving Bill Zito an A for his offseason. But B-plus is still really good. You recovered a lot from from the little bits that you – well, not little bits. From the big production that you lost that came to your team last season as far as the Claude Drew and that came to your team just a few seasons ago in Dale Talon's last trade deadline in Mason Marchment. Credit to Dale Talon for making the trade. And credit to the Panthers coaching staff post Talon era on making Mason Marchment the player that he is. 
But of course, they want to get paid. Can't blame them. And Zito with the space that he had, buying out Yendo's contract was something that I do not disagree with. You don't want, <laughs> this would have been his last year on that deal at 6.2 or 6.5, I believe. I, I don't even remember. No way he was going to be on this team. No way. So they're still kind of suffering from that previous front office and had to make moves in order to really make them get to all the way to the president's trophy. What a turnaround. What a turnaround for the Panthers. This much turnover and you have that much success. But I want to read some of the responses that you, the fans, replied to me at the Locked On Florida Panthers Twitter page. I sent out saying that what would you give your what would you give Bill Zito as far as a grade for this offseason? And I'm going to read some of the ones that I got uh, at CMS underscore 3000. Uh, he says, for me, it's a B plus. The only reason it's not an A is because he couldn't move the Hornquist contract. The free agent signings were good ones, especially the Balsers signing. The Kachuk trade was a great trade for the future and will define and will define his Panthers tenure. At Dragons underscore quest. A reason is caps um a reason is cap space issue, and we still haven't dealt with it yet. There will be there will have time after camp if they address it. That's an A plus. And one more is at Al Aki. He says B did well with limited cap space. So once again, the narrative under as far as the Panthers into coming into this season is that there is still there they still know that and and us fans know that even though they might might not be president's trophy great in the regular season that when you get a ticket to the dance that you have a chance all you need to do is get that ticket and take it from there take it one month at a time take it to the trade deadline reevaluate from there and then press on and being in that position you know you can't drive the car until you put the keys in the ignition right now let's right when training camp starts that's when we'll put the keys in the ignition and then wherever the roads take us whichever exit is the proper one that's that's where we'll, the panthers will be when when we when we start the season so once again, it's an exciting time, but B plus is my grade for uh, Bill Zito as far as this offseason as a redo. So because this is the redo show of Lockdown Panthers. But in the next segment, we're going to talk about what the forward lines now look like with Matthew Kachuk in the mix on this redo edition of Lockdown Panthers. But first, we're going to tell you all about the bar. If you haven't heard about Bilt Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, really delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Bilt has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. 
Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs are always 160 calorie and they have no whopping and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com and stand a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate and that means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate covered cookie dough with a light fluffy texture. So good. What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puffs. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need a grab to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Second segment here on this Friday, July 29th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. It's a redo show edition of the show. We redid Bill Zito's draft, um, excuse me, offseason grade for the Cats going from a C to a B plus this this offseason. Now it's now to redo some of the now time to redo some of the forward lines and of course the defense pairings too, with Uyghur being gone and out of the mix now as well. So what does the top line look like? Well, before I get to the top line, I'm just glad, really, that when I went 1C all the way to 4C, that it was almost automatic that I put every single name, just writing them down. Barkov, Bennett, Lundell, Etulusterainen. And that is the luxury of this team that they're a that it's always easy for me personally to write those names down because you're building from your centers and then the outside and then you build from the center outward so that's the luxury and i know and i and just writing those down it took like not even five seconds well maybe 10 but as far as the wing positions go on the forward groups it, it took a little longer, of course. So because you're always mixing and matching, you're trying to see who plays well with another, you're trying to see who has before, you name it. So of course, I think an obvious one to start is Barkoff with Verhage on his left side. But then the right side gets a little bit difficult. Let's not forget that Anthony Duclair is missing half the season. So who gets that spot on the top line? And we've seen a lot of mixing and matching with, with with that line because as long as those two are together, Barkov and Verhage, it's not gonna is the person on who's gonna share a line with them if they mix and match at least to start the season is not gonna mess with the chemistry of Barkov and Verhage. They've had two seasons together already, and Verhage earned his extension, being the best player in the playoffs. So. The, the the Panthers have a gem <laughs> on the top line with Barkov and Verhage. But as far as the guy who might take 
the top spot and on the right wing for now. I had a little bit of a hard time with this one. Part of me wanted to say Grigory Denisenko here, giving him a chance to be on that top line and, of course, a high draft pick for the Panthers, uh, but dealt with his fair share of injuries. He should be ready by the time training camp starts. He's going to be part of the training camp. He's going to try to fight for a spot. But I'm going to give it to a guy who's had more games under his belt in the NHL level and played more games last year in Charlotte. And that's going to be Alexi Heponiemi, at least to start the season. There's likely going to be more mixing and matching with Barkov and Verhage on that top line. So we will likely see a Denisenko sometime in the season. I think he's going to, once again, I do think he's going to make the opening night roster, but not, might, might not exactly play in on night number one. We, we transition over to the second line. There might be situations where Kachuk might play on that top line with Barkov in like late game situations, or if you really need a goal and you'll, you'll see, or we might see them before a TV timeout as well, so that they're getting their fair share of rest too. So you might, you might see a little bit of that, uh, but it's not automatic that Kachuk is going to play with Barkov. There is a benefit though, to Kachuk playing with Bennett. Because of familiarity and them being on a team in the past in Calgary. So I think at least to start, you are bringing in someone that Matthew Kachuk is familiar with. And that's the beauty of it. The right side of that second line, Colin White. Of course, uh, he Colin White is getting another chance in the NHL after being bought out by Ottawa, being um, injury-plagued, really, the, la the last few years, and getting another opportunity to, to be part of that. Third line, Anton Lundell. On his right side, I'm going to have Sam Reinhart. Familiarity and helping with a young, young up-and-coming star in Lundell. I think that Rhino could very well be on that third line, but he also could very well be on that top top line as well with Barkov and Verhage. We can see see that as well. But as far as balance between the lines, I think that Sam Reinhart at least at least beginning, we could see him be on that third line with Lundell. And Nick Cousins is going to be on my, uh, on the left side. That's what I got for the left side. Fourth line, you know, there's going to be a bunch of mixing and matchings. This isn't going to be the pr pretty much the top nine. You're going to see most most of that with minor changes, but the but the fourth line, you're likely going to see a switch every every single night, especially on the left side. Atulus Threnin is um, I have him manning the the middle uh, with Patrick Hornquist on the right side. It's funny because. A few weeks ago, I had Patrick Hornquist possibly starting on the on the second line on the right wing. Uh, so, but now with all these changes, I think I might have him a little lower. But hey, that we had a we had a way too early show with Nick Fairbanks a few a few weeks ago talking about that. And this you could still kind of call this way too early as well, but just redoing the way too early. <laughs> but 
left side we could see all all type all, all types of players here. We could see Rodolph Balsers. We could see Ryan Lomberg here as well. And it's funny because the the previous the previous lines that I had a few weeks ago had Cole Schwint in it, and then he gets traded as part of the Matthew Kachuk deal. So had to find a new combination on the fourth line, but we could see somewhere around Rudolph Balsers and Ryan Lomberg there. And Rudolph Balsers had a had a had a good year in San Jose for 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 his standards uh, over there. So maybe this is a, ch- a time for him to elevate his game even more on a winning team. And I love Ryan Lomberg. Uh, every time the opposing team is trying to exit the zone, there's usually always on whenever it's the fourth line, you always see one guy staying in the opponent zone, trying to create a turnover on the four check. It's usually Ryan Lomberg uh, trying to create a turnover and then uh, trying maybe going one-on-one or two-on-one or something, or someone drawing in and then he makes a backhand pass as they're cutting in. So that you always see Ryan Lomberg very active uh, as, as teams are trying to clear the puck. So, so defense pairings, of course, we've talked about all week about Forsling and Ekblad being the top pairing. I think that's at this point, very obvious. Lucas Carlson. I had him from being possibly scratched on opening night all the way up to the second pair with Brandon Montour. Brandon Montour, very, very fast skater, a puck moving defenseman, can play both sides, but in in this in this exercise, we'll have him on the right side with Lucas Carlson, who's still, you know, developing. He signed a two-way contract, thankfully, for the Panthers. So he'll, he'll, he could have some time learning in Charlotte or can be part of the opening night roster. But chances are, I like Carlson's chances to make the opening night roster. And then Mark Stahl and Radko Gudis will be the final pair. And as far as the seventh defenseman, even though we can't, we don't expect an Anthony Batetto or Michael Dozato to play more than 15 games for the Panthers. This is why you sign veterans. This is why you sign players who have been around a little bit. So to also mentor some of the young guys in Charlotte, like a John Ludwig and a Max Gildon, because as much as I'd like to see Max Gildon and John Ludwig become part of the Panthers roster right now, They've dealt with their fair share of injuries, especially John Ludwig, who had complications from hip surgery last season and only played three games. So to expect either of them to make the opening night roster, I'm going to temper my expectations a little bit. Of course, we got to see where this team looks like right when they get to camp to see how well they've recovered. But those two, I'm not expecting them to to make the opening night roster, and I expect them to, to see them in Charlotte. So, in the next segment, we're going to discuss redoing the power play and the PK units 
for the Panthers. We're going to discuss that more on the Friday, July 29th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Friday, July 29th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And let's take a look at the power play. Redoing the power play. Here's a little bit of a difference that Matthew Kachuk brings to the table. Well, before for, before we get there, let's talk about the unit that the Panthers will be, I think, will be putting out there. Matthew Kachuk, Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhart, Aaron Ekblad, Alexander Barkov. Matthew Kachuk is more of what we call a net front presence. We spoke about that on last on the last episode with Jacob Winans. Huberto likely going to stay to the outside and find a cutting player to to create something to make something happen. Eventually, he'll get he'll shoot and it'll be a deflection for somebody to clean up in front of the net, which are which. I know, I know seeing how this team performed in the playoffs and, and us sometimes yelling shoot at the TV sometimes can be, looking back at that, that can be a frustrating thing. But as far as what we saw in the regular season and what, what Huberto was able to make, that's somewhat going to be missed a little bit in the first part of the season. And there's going to be probably some growing pains. We don't even know who's going to be conducting the power play yet. So, but... With Reinhardt and Kachuk being on the power play unit together, and Kachuk is a left-handed shot, Reinhardt is a right-handed shot. That gives an opportunity for more movement off the puck play. If Matthew Kachuk starts to draw towards the net, we can have Sam Reinhardt move a little bit to his right. Barkov can go to the point. Ekblad can start drawing to his left to possibly get fed a one-timer too. And even if that miss, even if it's saved or deflected, we have an opportunity for three players right there to clean it up. Kachuk and Reinhardt right in front of the net and Sam Bennett right in the slot. And you're going to be consistently seeing some of that movement because you have two net front presence there versus basically one that in Sam Reinhardt that they had last season. So there's pros and cons to it. You're gonna you're gonna to have to find that person who is going to be the main distributor and sees that cut it, that person cutting. And who's going to, what the defense is going to draw more towards. And Barkov, both Barkov and Ekblad can do that. Not possibly not to the level that Huberto can. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're better passers. No way. No way. The numbers, the numbers don't, don't say that at all, but it's an opportunity for them to find a new an even better element to their game, even though even though Barkov is a great passer himself. But it, it gives him an opportunity to become even better. PK units. Mackenzie Weaker's gone. We had him at the as the top pair 
um, for the defense on, on, on the PK unit, just like the defense defense pairings, forcing a neck blad. But now, I, I originally had Forsling and Gudis, of course, in the in the first on the second D pairing on the penalty kill. But now it looks like it's going to be at least, if I had to guess, Mark Stahl and Radko Gudis together. A reminder. Mark Stahl, as far as defenseman time on ice, total time on ice in all situations, was fifth on the Red Wings last season. But first in time on ice shorthanded for the Red Wings last season. Maybe that speaks to the volumes of what the Red Wings roster was at that time. Maybe. But experience there, this guy has been through so many playoff games with the Rangers. And the fact that he has those minutes logged, I think that he's going to bump up one and be paired with Gudis. Forward lines, the Hubi Lusterinen pair is likely, it is, excuse me, not likely, like, it is no longer going to be a thing. So, who replaces? Kachuk, the, Kachuk, during his time in Calgary, wasn't really much of a penalty killer. Averaged only one second of time on ice, shorthanded. So, but hey, there's an opportunity for him to develop that. There's a chance for Ryan Lomberg as well to get more of those opportunities shorthanded. Sam Bennett as well. And because you don't you don't want to have you, you don't want to have uh two wingers uh together uh, on a PK unit in case someone has to do a a a draw in their own zone. You always have to have at least one center there. So you have two of them in Barkov and Lindell on the top pair. You have Lusterain and and Lomberg maybe on another one, or you could do even Lusterain and Bennett there. I wouldn't necessarily pair Rhino and Lomberg together. However, Reinhardt does have experience at center too. Some of his best. Uh, some of his best days in Buffalo were when where were when Jack Eichel was hurt towards the tail end of his time in Buffalo. So we could very well see Sam Reinhardt take some defensive zone draws in order to cl- to to clear the puck. So we 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 could we could very well see that, but for the sake of argument. Because we're not expecting Reinhardt to take draws often, we could see Bennett and Rhino, and then Lomberg and Lusterin, and maybe Bennett and Rhino move up as far as that second pair. But these are also subject to change because there's going to be a different person taking a different penalty at a different time. So you're going to have to be creative if you're Paul Maurice too. It's not going to always be the pairs that you want. Yeah, Barkov is a lady being a award winner uh, so, a few years ago. But even he's going to go to the box once in a while, and you're going to have to be creative. You're going to have to pair someone else with Anton Lindell um, at times, and vice versa. Ant- Anton Lindell at times got a little sloppy as well, and you're going to have to find someone to to pair with Barkov as well. So it's going gonna, it's gonna, 
it's going to take different people coming in different situations and and stepping up when need be and like i said i think that experience as far as the, the d with mark stall really helps this lineup and you know we we will be missed at at in in certain parts of course some of the turnovers and some of the the playoffs i know it still stings with this fan base but what we got is right now and it doesn't change the fact that for this team i think i still think they'll find different ways to win it might not be all those we want 10 games <laughs> as fun as those were not going to lie i'm not going to deny that they were fun but we might not see hope at least that's my hope is that we might hopefully see more complete 60 minute games as far as keeping it close and then getting a goal late but not like these three or four four goal comebacks or even starting off hot and then losing a lead i mean one one of the regular season games that i went to against the canadians they led 4-1 it was a game in march they blew a four goal lead and then had to regain that lead again by scoring three unanswered and sometimes those happen because sometimes you're just taking your foot off the gas and you're just not like mentally you just turn your brain off and that's how you lose leads early or you fall behind early and that's hopefully what paul maurice coming here brings his florida panthers team and maybe when bill zito sat down to really evaluate everything is like yeah sure these comebacks are great but do we want to be in this position constantly and we saw how when they fell behind in the playoffs with the exception of game five against washington that it wasn't going to be something that is going to be sustainable for a long time the question was always asked prior to the postseason but the postseason played out the way it did it's a different approach it's a different team now and certainly i know i know we're late july but opening night has got to come soon i i i'm just itching for it, it it's got it's we still have a whole month until even training camp starts so we got a lot of uh we got a lot of stuff to uncover still on how we're going to forecast how this team is going to look so make sure you subscribe to locked on panthers so we talk more about it a, a little bit of a programming note ladies and gentlemen is that starting in august we will be going down to three times a week don't know necessarily what the rotation will look like as far as the days we will still have wine's wednesday we still will still have fairbanks friday even though we didn't have it this week but as far as this the third episode it could be on a thursday it could be on a tuesday it could be on a it could be a monday wednesday friday type of uh type of rotation but as long as you're subscribed to the show you'll know when locked on panthers comes into your podcast feed so make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube so you can be, see my pretty face. And make sure you follow the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast Twitter account, which we just reached 6, 
500 followers on the account. So thank you, Panther fans, for following the show and following the YouTube channel as well. Thank you. And, and the content is only beginning. So thank you guys once again for making Locked On Panthers your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute podcast. Sorry, Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>